Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. All right, welcome back. We're back at the table of the TLE podcast. I'm Jim Parkin. We have Ashley Chandler. Craig Jensen is joining us today. So excited. Thank you so much for coming and hanging no out with us. No problem. So cool. I've had the privilege of knowing Craig and Debbie for the last few years. And they're just, you guys are just so awesome. You're just so sweet and tender and kind and welcoming. And you're just always a joy to be around. So Debbie helps out in the kids wing or has and stuff like that. And she's just, she's a ball of joy and energy. She's just so cool to be encouraging and stuff. So she's awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like you are part of the fire department. How long? Uh, I've got almost 40 years uh, on Fenton City. Okay. Department. I'm the chief engineer, um, so I my responsibility is to train the guys on to drive the trucks, keep the trucks running, and make sure that everything on the fire ground, truck related and stuff, runs smoothly. That's awesome. That's awesome. What did you, how did you get into being a firefighter in the fire department? Well, it's a long story, but um, in high school, we had a police cadet program that. Quite a few of us were in. So we were at Grand Blank Township Police, and we were in the police cadet program. A lot of us were going to be police officers. And I kind of liked that, but after high school, I, a friend of mine got on the fire department in Grand Blank, so he pulled me in. And once well, you're a fireman, the saying is, once it's in your blood, you're a fireman. Except for, Jim, except for Jim Parkin, but kind of not really. That's kind of true. Because now you volunteer, don't you, Jim? Yeah, I'm back on. That's He's so back cool. on the department that I originally started. Wasn't okay. that crazy? That is Grand really Blank crazy. City. There's so many things about my fire service stuff. Like, my hire date is 9-11. You know, so I'm a, I'm a post-9-11 fireman. But So that was actually happening. And at the time, I think, Ashley, I've told you this story. My, my chief was, because we had urban search and rescue we had like the USAR team out of Grand Blank and so he's interviewing me and kind of welcoming me out of the fire department but also on the phone seeing if there's a need for his team to load up and head for New York that's crazy and so like all these things are happening simultaneously and he's telling me how excited he is yeah and and I'm like wow multitasking yeah we do a lot a lot of people don't understand we call it we multitask we call it what's it um it's uh, chaos or organized chaos. There you go. <laughs> organized chaos on the fire ground. People don't okay. realize it, but it is. What types of things would you, like, be doing all at the same time? Well, you know, we, we, we do a lot of training. I mean, a lot of training. So kind of when we get on the fire ground, we don't think. It's kind of funny to say it like this. You don't think a whole lot. I mean, you do think, but you kind of react to the situation, what's going on. You see something, like me, I drive, so they call me, I'm like a chauffeur. 
I drive the guys to the fire ground. I have to get them there as quick as possible and as safe as possible and not hurt anybody else. Okay. So once we get there, if it's a fire, I have to keep them with water because that's their lifeline. They're inside fighting the fire, and I have to keep them with water. They run out of water, then they have to come out, and we lose you know, the house. Or if they're going in and searching for somebody or something, it's not good. So it's you know, a lot of responsibility to make sure that they have what they need and not hurt them. Right. But that's a lot of what that training is for, is to make that automatic right. so yeah. that you're not having to th- You don't want to have to think about it. You want to just be able to do. We just react. Yeah. yeah. It's, it sounds funny, but we, we do no, just kind of react. That's kind of all first responder world. Everything is, you know, on the ambulance. A lot of things are, like all the drug doses and all that stuff is all just committed to memory. I don't have, there's no math I need to do because it's, you know, I have it. It's just wired in. At this point, you know, 17 years later, is kind of wired in. The same with fire service and for the police officers. The training is so much and so consistent and so, you know, so ingrained that everything is just by muscle memory. That's awesome. Essentially. Because if if something bad is happening, you're there to try to make it, instead of a negative outcome, a more positive outcome. And you want to just react and don't waste time and... Just do it and get it done and try to help somebody. Okay. So a lot of our more recent episodes were talking about post-traumatic stress. And with you having 40 years on a department, I would say that you spent a lot of your time before. There was still, these things still happened, but we weren't talking about post-traumatic stress. Correct. Correct. So how is that different? How did you guys, as kind of the old guard, how did you deal with it differently or... What we do now is, after a major incident, we come back, get all the equipment back together, and then we debrief. We all sit around, we talk, we, we have lots of different help. If it hits you a week later, a month later, we tell the chief, he calls in whatever he needs to come in and try to help us get through it and talk about it and you know keep on going with our normal life. Right. But yeah, in the old days, you just went back to the station and talked about it a little bit, but you really didn't do much. Right. But yeah, talked about it, but not really talked about it. Not really talked about it, not really, you know, we're macho men. We can't cry and let our feelings, but right. nowadays we do. Right. I mean, even in my career as a medic, I can remember starting out and we have to, for my company, there's a, there's a person we talked to at Genesis Hospital. But, you know, you quickly figure out all the right things to say and how to to get yourself back in service, you know. So there was never, before I really started diving in and learning what all this stuff meant, there wasn't, you know, we were, all of us were gifted and very proficient at saying the right words and the right things. So she would be, okay, yeah, they're good, you know. So, So it's just recently, I would say. But like we've talked about, Ashley, there's kind of a double-edged sword. So now what we have in probably the last, I would say, year with with post-traumatic stress is it's such, it's like anything with mental health care. There's a stigma that goes along with it. And so guys are, like the younger guys are running from it. They don't want to say anything They don't because of the fear of losing their, their, their dream gig, you know. 
And so, like for me, it's interesting because Grand Blank City is a brand new department. So we have, I think, 17 cadets that have no experience. This is, you know, so I'm kind of watching all these guys now thinking, man, they have literally seen nothing. And I'm wondering what it's going to be like the first time, you know, X, Y, or Z happens. You know, so it's it's just so different. So it's just, it's it's cool to have you here to kind of talk about how, how things used to be and then in comparison to now. You know. it's, it's so much, yes, it's so much. We talk about, a, a, like you said, a lot more in the chief and all of the, uh, the officers and all the senior guys tell the younger guys, we don't care what time of day it is, when it is, if you want something, call us. Right. Our phones are on 24-7. We're all brothers. Right. We go in this together, we come home together. Right, yeah. It's a big... Uh, people don't understand the brotherhood, but it is very important. Right. Because you're relying on somebody else when you go in. And if they're having issues, you, you know, you need to know that ahead of time. Absolutely. Because, you know, they need to help you. You need to help them. But it's, it's, a, it's important. It's a, it's a very interesting kind of... So for, for you, Ashley, on the outside looking in, it seems like that our whole focus is always on like you or the citizen. And it is kind of like, it's kind of like an ipso facto thing byproduct of us being so intentional with caring for our partner and making sure we get in and out safely. Everything comes together. And it's so like from the outsider, from the community point of view, we did this great thing, you know, but really our focus was making sure the guy who's coming with me is going to come out with me. It's, it's just, it's cool. You know, it's a cool part of that community. Well, there's a lot on the line. Right. You know, like, <laughs> I have my bachelor's in accounting. You know, like, pretend I work for Plant Moran in an audit. If I'm going to go in and do an audit for a few months, the worst I'm going to get is a paper cut or get yelled at. <laughs> you know, but um, going to some of these situations, it's it's literally life or death. Yes. And making the right decisions so that everybody gets out safely. And everybody gets to go home. Yeah. That's because you don't know. You, you're sitting down eating dinner, and the next second you're, you're running out the door. Right. Yeah. So that's know. a thing, too. That's a thing for. Like, Which is when, different from like paramedics and EMT on their scheduled. Like, right. here's my 12 hours. I'm there. I expect that I'm going to have a handful of calls and that they're, I'm primarily in the city of Flint. So I'm expecting a certain caliber of call, clientele. Have my day is pretty consistent. I know how it's going to go. Right. But and for professional in, in quotes, fire departments are like the full time guys, like the Flint City guys. They have an expectation. They're there for twenty four hours. They know what's going to happen. They're going to run a lot. They're going to be super busy probably, especially in the summer months. And they're you know and or Detroit or Lansing or Ann Arbor, right? But like Grand Blank City. And Fenton City is full volunteer. So we're at home. We have these pagers that you carry. And then when a fire call happens, the 911 center sets tones off and gives us the dispatch information. So you literally drop everything, you know, run out the door, drive to. I know for us, we drive to the fire station. And since you're That's an engineer, you drive to the fire station. Well, you guys all do, too. We all go to the scene. The only one that goes direct is... We have duty shift officers in the chief. 
So do, when you're on duty shift, you are the only ones that go directly to the scene so you can do a size up of what's going gotcha. on before we get there. Okay. Right. So about how many, on average, how long does it take you to get to the department? The, from time the tones go off and time we, like, leave the station, mm-hmm. five minutes. Wow. So dressed and everything. And well, yeah, we had, it was really funny, is we had wow. a guy get on our department. Takes that, me, like, 20 minutes to get out the door yeah, if but, I can. But you don't. You don't see, we have our, all of our clothes laid out, our socks, our shoes, everything is laid out just right. Oh, yeah. We had a guy get on our department that was on the ambulance, okay? He thought, I'm going to show these guys. I'm going to beat them to the hall. Well, our guys, we all live within less than a mile from the station. Right. A lot of our guys do. Right. And he said the second truck was leaving the station when he got there. We are, our guys, I'm not going to look, are very quick and we're out the door pretty quick and you guys do trainings to just get there and get dry. like you do all that routinely right even oh yeah. That's, yeah that's a big deal i love this you like you, timing each other just putting the like yeah. gear on yep oh yeah you have to there's a certain amount of time you have to dress put your hair pack on and get all ready to go and you have to beat a certain amount of time oh yeah Oh, you go down the station, certain guys have their bunker gear, setting their boots set in a certain way. Mine's all, it all depends on personal preference on how you want it. And you want your stuff sitting in the bunk so that you can go as quick as possible. That's cool. That's cool. So what has, what has made you stay for 40 years? Well, that's, <laughs> it's in my blood. It's been, I can't really see myself not doing it. And just helping people, and I've been there long enough now. There's, it's helping the youngsters, train them, and show them what to do. That's really cool. That's, you know, there's two guys on the department that have more time on right now than me. And so I'm becoming the old guy. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's in your blood. It's hard to explain. Yeah. I, I think you know, it's a call. It's a calling. I think. Yeah. Not everybody can do it. It's right. not. I think God gives you the gift to do it because it is not something you can train and train all you want and to do what we do. Sometimes some people just can't do it. Right. That's a hundred percent true. You know, I've said that a lot of times that it's, that people are called to it, and there's a difference. There's of course people that just do it. You know, for us, that's more more so than for police and fire because a lot of people come through and they're using EMT or paramedic to set their set the steps for to be a doctor or a PA or a nurse practitioner or whatever. Right. That's cool too because it does really give them a wider a wider scope. scope and a bigger like more hands-on and you know applicable training but I would say for police and fire you know if you're not like called to it yeah. like for the years that I was away from it, there was, I noticed, I know there was something missing, but it was just, it was the kind of the politics of it all where it's too great. When I made like the pros and cons list, it was just losing its, what the reason for you, that I was doing it for. In, in the EMTs and the ambulance people too, though, they have a burnout rate. <clears throat> Excuse me. They have a burnout rate. So, and they kind of, some of the ambulance companies know that and try to really 
help them. Right. Because they're doing it, like you said, they're there. They have a shift. Right. You know, some of the people can do it, like you said. Plenty of those company would actually send you to college and help you get degrees to move on because they knew certain people could stay there and keep continuing right. to do it. So what do you think has helped you live a life in first response successfully? <laughs> well, the younger years, I think I did it because to help people and things and stuff. Now it's more, I think it's the calling. I mean, it's just, I think that's what God wants me to do. It's, it's I don't even hardly think of, have to think of, I don't think about it, I guess. I just, that's who I am. You know, I think that's how he, you know, made me, just like some of the other guys that are lots of years, that's just our calling. Yeah, just kind of know. Yeah, you know. How has God played a part in that? Gives us, I think, the strength that we need when things go bad. Um, for you know, believers and things that do believe. Um, I think it helps us, like me. It helps. I, you know, I pray when we leave that get all the guys there, and get them all back home safely. I, I it's. You just, you know, you just pray to and hope you know, it, it's going to happen what's going to happen, and we're doing this calling. Somebody's got to be there. Right. Yes. You know, some people say, why you do it? And sometimes I'll tell them, well, somebody has to do it. If we don't do it, what's the outcome going to be if nobody does it? So somebody has to do it. I was talking to, um, I think it was Sarah I was talking to, and I just kind of made, you know, that normal comment of like, I don't think I could ever do that, you know. And, um, you know, I'd be, you know, that fear of like I wouldn't know what to do or I wouldn't be able to, you know. And she had a really cool response that just blew me away. She said, I figure when I if I show up, I can do something about it, you know. And so that was a really cool flip on that whole mindset of it that it's like, oh, yeah, I guess instead of doing nothing, I mean, you would. You would trust your training and, yeah. Well, you you have to look at, don't look at the negatives. Well, there's enough negatives, so it's like to focus on that would be. We always look at the positives and the outcomes that we've changed. Um, You know, we've done, for us, we've got a few, I've got a couple CPR saves. I've got a baby delivery, you know, some stuff like that. So you look at the positives and don't look at the negatives. Yeah, that's awesome. What's interesting, though, is like most people, that do this, any any one of the disciplines are just super grateful for the opportunity to do that discipline. And it, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. whereas, like, from your perspective, it's like, we're so grateful for your service, and a lot of us, like, we're just grateful that we have the opportunity. You know, because it's a very, it's an interesting calling. It's, it's super interesting. On the other hand, and my question for you is, has there ever been a time where you actually wrestled with God that it was time to go ahead and walk away and do something different. Because I know, like, as a paramedic, I've had several conversations like that. I was like, anything else. Garbage man. Anything. <laughs> you know. And then, but then lessons learned. Actually, we were, part of our, this team was happening. And I was just, I was praying for a break. <laughs> but what I did mean was literal break. And I literally <laughs> broke my hand. Oh, jeepers. <laughs> and had to be off the road for a while. It was your yeah. right hand, too. You couldn't My even... right hand. You couldn't like, do anything. Can do, yeah. can do anything. Yep. 
Yeah. It was really, and it was really great too because Jim likes to throw like what the yeah. the hang loose the sign. Hang loose, yep. And he literally, like, that's the way the, the hand brace was, like, his thumb was sticking out, his fingers were kind of curled in a little bit, and then his pinky would stick, stick out. And I'm like, that's perfect for you, Yeah. That was terrible. Uh, no, I, I have never, haven't had that feeling. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, someday, uh, I'm sure it will, but not so far, no. That's so cool. That's so cool. I know every time we drive by, my son wants to go in and see all the fire trucks and stuff. And we've gone in a couple times. But it's like, buddy, <laughs> we can't go in there every day. Right. <laughs> we don't. Hey, we, we don't mind. like that. Yeah. I always feel like I'm interrupting things. But. We had a, we had a, uh, this autistic boy came through. We were at, a, had our tr- last time we had training in Grand Blake. And then this kid, the fire trucks is his thing where his focus is. And he was training. He was teaching us stuff, and we're like, what? he knew everything about. Oh, oh that's gosh. awesome! Like the yeah. specific truck we had that he could look at. He looked at something in it. He's like, so this isn't custom. So is this? He's like, no way, chief. Did you buy a demo? And we're like, oh, we're on the hook now. And he was like breaking stuff down, and no way. And like seasoned veterans are like, wow. And his dad was like, this is his thing, man. That's he so can cool. tell you about every make, model, pump. Pose lays and setups and all these things. <laughs> We're like, wow, this is That's amazing. So cool. We have one. He comes down to the station and he goes around and sweeps and looks at the truck. We're actually uh, working on getting him some used turnout gear for him and stuff. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So as we wrap up and kind of throwing around some final thoughts and stuff, um, what would you say to somebody that? is in first response right now, but they're kind of struggling. They're not really, maybe they're struggling maybe with the post-traumatic stress of it. And they're kind of like, what would you say to them? Well, get help. Don't be Mr. Macho and think that you can handle it yourself because you need help. It's not saying that you can't handle it. It's just, you need, you know, you need to get help. And we'll pray about it and just we'll get through it. And if not, somebody will help you get through it. Do you remember the kid that was in that crisis class that we took? And he was actually taking, I think it was six months off. Yeah. From the fire department. Um, I think he had, I don't know if it was like his first barn fire or first house fire or something. something. It was something to that. Yeah. I think it was a house fire. And uh, he was taking a few months off because he was just having a rough time with it. And I thought that was pretty phenomenal that he would have the wherewithal to, to step back and, right. and know that he needed a minute. It's good. To, I mean, we're all humans, and we all have our weaknesses. Right. And you need to know what, in our service, we need to know that you don't like to go 110 feet up in the air on our ladder. So we're not going to send you up there. That's good. Right. So we need to know your weaknesses and don't be scared to tell somebody that I don't want to do that because I'd rather not send you into a house or put you in a situation where you're actually going to become a victim. Yeah. Right. So it's it's good to know. And we can help each other. We're all brothers. Yep. Cool. I would say for the same question, if someone 
you know, had the same question for me, how to handle stuff. I'd say, you know, kind of in order to be proficient and to be at the highest level of your training and skill, those those post-traumatic things and those stressors are, are things that could hold you back from that. So it's important to stay, if you want to stay at the best, at your highest level of training and proficiency is to address those things head on. It's not like it used to be. It's not a bad thing. It's actually the expectation is to get help. To go someone like a senior paramedic or firefighter or police officer and let them know. I mean, we're in, it's a whole new world now and everybody knows these stresses are happening. So, yeah, I would agree. Just just reach out and pray. Cool. Big thing. We actually just thought something. All of our probies, when they come in, are assigned to a seasoned firefighter to help them. Yeah, same with with us. Anything. That's really cool. So, show them the trucks, like you said, and big thing is be prepared training is big proficiency yeah yeah thank you so much for joining us tonight that's so cool is is Craig our first firefighter on our show oh wow yeah so so you know that sometimes as a to wrap this up kind of on a funny note sometimes in my years as a paramedic and and on the ambulance we sometimes maybe give the fire department a hard time you know and obviously police and fire have have their rivalry. We'll just believe that. We'll call it a rivalry. <laughs> but I noticed coming at the end of last year that we had never really shown the fire service any love. And I am one. And I really started to feel bad about that. <laughs> so this year we intentionally, you know, we're... we're well, we'll, we'll do better. We'll do better. <laughs> well, that's like our fire department. We have one of them is a police officer for the city of Benton. We have one guy that's on uh, Livingston County Ambulance. There are two people now that are on Livingston County Ambulance. So, like you said, a lot of the firemen, fire people, do other things, too. Multiple disciplines, yeah. Do you want to wrap it up, or do you want me to wrap (laughs) it up? Okay. Well, thank you so much for being back with us this week. Thank you, Freedom Center Church, for letting us use your space. We so appreciate um, the resources and the support. And um, as far as our equipment and everything, it's awesome. Uh, You guys have a great week, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, Dom.